Welcome to Dream Business Radio, the place to create your dream business now. Get ready for some inspiration, some encouragement, some proven business building strategies, and a couple of new ideas that you haven't even thought of. It's time to leave slow and steady as she goes to the other entrepreneurs, because this program is all about speed and fast results. And now, broadcasting from his floating home somewhere in the Atlantic Ocean, the dream business coach himself, Jim Palmer. Hello there, everybody. I'm Captain Jim Palmer, the Dream Business Coach. I'm the founder of the Dream Business Mastermind and Coaching Program, creator of No Hassle Newsletters, author of these six books, which I can do again because we are back in my home office after Stephanie and I spent a beautiful month in St. Augustine, Florida. But today, of all the things I do, I am the host of Dream Business Radio, now in its 10th year. This is episode 546. And my special guest today is Leonard Shiner. Leonard, how are you doing today? Captain Jim, I'm doing fantastic. Thanks for having me here. So I've done so many shows, and uh, I spent last month in my in Miami, in um, St. Augustine, Florida, and I used to go with my books, and I hope they're not there anymore. So, but <laughs> now they are there. Hey, folks! This episode of Dream Business Radio is brought to you by the Dream Business Mastermind and Coaching Program. If you're an entrepreneur or small business owner who wants to grow a more profitable business faster, especially if you're interested in learning how to create multiple streams of revenue in your business, then you want to be part of this extraordinary virtual mastermind led by me, Captain Jim Palmer, the Dream Business Coach. And you can learn more at dreambizcoaching.com, dreambizcoaching.com. By the way, did you see last week I launched my fifth Dream Business ebook, which is Charge What You're Worth and Work Just Three Days a Week. And I wrote this from soup to nuts about how I started now 22 years ago, grew multiple businesses, then started coaching, then got my boat and all this and that. So I want to stop working the proverbial 80 hours. Well, it's very, very detailed report, a lot of good stuff in there. You can get a copy for free at www.work3daysaweek.com, work3daysaweek.com. All right, let me introduce Leonard and we'll dive right in. Leonard has worked with Fortune 500 companies, boutique professional firms, and industry experts far more than for more than a decade to develop memorable brands, bring in new demand and scale acquisition to predictably grow the bottom line of these businesses. One client achieved over a 300% increase in revenue, not too shabby, while others have earned multi-million dollars worth of new business driven from Leonard's framework and his marketing strategies. Often, Leonard has been at the creative and strategic epicenter of Dramatic growth uh, for businesses and business transformation. He has earned an MBA from Pepperdine University in Southern California and combined with his in-house law firm and professional services, marketing experience and demonstrated results has set the foundation for the work that he does today while residing in Los Angeles. So he's a West Coaster. Leonard, again, welcome to Dream Business Radio. Jim, quite the introduction. Thank you. <laughs> so it's amazing. I think I only made one mistake. That's kind of a record now. <laughs> so Leonard, I love to share before we dive into the marketing. And um, I do, I do, I have worked personally with, and we have a lot of um, lawyers that that um, check out this show. But um, I know so many of the strategies from our, our little conversation before we went live really apply to all businesses. So I'm excited to get going. But my first question is always, I want to know a little bit about your background, not, not so much your resume, but um, did you have any mentors or anybody kind of parents, grandparents showing you what entrepreneurship looked like, or did you just get fed up 
working in a cubicle one day? I think it would be a, a combination of both. So I'll give a, two short stories for each of those. One about what took me to be a full-time entrepreneur, and then one about just kind of who I am as a person. So most kids, I think when they are playing, they want to play school or they want to play restaurant or they want to play, you know, I don't know, Tonka trucks or something like that. Mm -hmm. And I was that weird geeky kid that was like, you know, running the restaurant and, and not serving the food, but like figuring out what the menu was going to have on it and all of these things, right? I was so business focused as a kid. Uh, if I was my parents, I probably would have just continuously had a good chuckle, right? Um, so I think that entrepreneurship from the very beginning was something instilled in me, but no, my parents are not entrepreneurs. My uh, upbringing was not entrepreneurial at all. It was very much so uh, go to school, get a good, great education, great, get a get, get a great job, and then uh, you know be successful in life. And so that's that's what I entered the world thinking. And then fast forward, I was in a corporate job. I was working for a law firm, a really well well respected law firm, international, and I was the CMO. And I loved it. I had accomplished my goal of having a window on Wilshire, right? This was in Beverly Hills, Wilshire wow. Boulevard. I had a window office on Wilshire and I was like, I've made it. <laughs> and I remember one day I was wearing my uh, loafers at work and I was comfy and I was sipping my coffee and I was on a call. And I remember looking north at the Hollywood sign. And I was like, by all definitions, I've made it. Like I really checked off all of these different boxes that you would traditionally have on a on a dream. Mm -hmm. And I remember just thinking, not, not in any dramatic way uh, or devastating way, but I remember thinking like, this is not what I thought it would feel like. And this isn't what I thought it would be like either. And so that is really what motivated me from being in a corporate nine to five, being in-house at, at different law firms. At that point, I was at the single firm. And, and it, it showed me, okay, I get to make a shift. I get to do something differently so that I can go forth and, and really fulfill the dream that I had put in my head of being an agency owner and helping lots and limitless amounts of people grow their own businesses. Interesting. So just out of curiosity, Leonard, was it the, the fact that you're in this office that you had to be there at a certain time and leave a certain time? Or were you just some people think I've worked so hard and made a lot of money for this company. Why don't I just go do it myself? Like, what was the driving force there? I think it came from within myself. It wasn't mm -hmm. anything externally that, you know, I was hung up upon it. It was more so from my own thoughts. I was like, I, I, I feel like there's more, right? Like I've reached the top of without being an attorney in a law firm, I've really reached the top of what I could achieve, right? It was an international firm. It was well-respected. You know, we had, I think, half the floor of sorts. And I was just like, where's where's the next level? And mm -hmm. I realized that that probably was not inside someone else's business, inside someone else's firm, but it was really me being able to harness my own skills and my own talent and, and make that on my own. So CMO, Chief Marketing Officer or some, okay, good. Yep. Didn't know if there was some California term for CMO, but I, I figured it was Chief Marketing Officer. So how does a firm, how does a law firm, big, small, or, or otherwise, how do they go about getting new clients other than billboards on the side of the highway? 
Well, that's what we always think of, right? We see yeah. the attorneys with great big billboards and, and if you've doing... been hurt. <laughs> yeah. And, and uh, if for those who are listening and watching, you know, they, they have that hand motion that's pointing at you or, or something like that. Um, that's one way to build and grow. But I look at building a law firm, really any business. I built my agency on the same strategies that I use for law firms, right? I've spoken to groups of realtors and they use some of the same strategies that we use. So really we focus on law firms. That is, that is who I and who my agency serves, but it's not just lawyers that these methods work for. It's really anywhere where you're taking the expertise that you have from your mind and selling that. So think mm -hmm. doctors, realtors, um, financial service advisors, wealth advisors, anyhow. So um, that, that, that's really who we're, who we're speaking to in that sense. So I, I read in the introduction, you got an MBA from Pepperdine. What, what was the, what was your degree in? Uh, MBA. So business masters of business. And then I focused in marketing. Okay. My focus. And so what was the, what was the connection to law firms or was that simply one of the jobs that you got and you said, well, I really like this. Or were you attracted to law firms initially? I started with law firms from an internship. It was a entry level, I guess, maybe even below entry level uh, internship at a law firm. And I was there a few weeks. I fell in love and I just sticked around that industry for well, until now. <laughs> okay. What were some of the first things you did at this firm that, to help them grow, Leonard? So I actually had the, the great opportunity of seeing multiple firms be built from the ground up. So one of the first firms that I was at was a litigation firm. And the, the, the idea there was that we always wanted to stay litigation, but we also wanted to serve some consumers and, and serve some other uh, markets that probably would have confused our, our corporate litigation clients. Mm -hmm. So we created sister brands, sister law firms, and different brands, different legal brands to be able to serve those markets. And so it, it was almost like the first few years I was in the fire or in the arena, to, to borrow a, a phrase from Brene Brown. Once I was in the arena, it was kind of like, go on firm one, go on firm two, go on firm three. So I was really thrown in, but it was a blessing. And I got to see what are the fundamental steps that whether you're marketing to corporates or to individuals and in individuals, maybe they're high net worth or maybe they're, they're low net worth, right? Like all of these different markets, how does someone make the decision to hire an attorney? How do they go about that process? So that's really what, what started my, my foundation uh, for what I do today is really looking at so many different law firm brands and, and firms truly, not, not even just the brand, but the branding, the marketing, the credibility, all of that. And what does every firm have in common? And that's what I run my agency based on today. Well, what are some of those things? Suppose you're, suppose, I mean, I can think of somebody, I won't name him by name, but he's an attorney. He's got like two or three associate, I guess, attorneys is the right word. Mm -hmm. And obviously looking, I know they, I know they do, um, you know, when somebody gets hurt, but they also do, uh, you know, employee legal mm -hmm. stuff and things like that. So what does that person do? I mean, can you, do you have different marketing campaigns for each, you know, each attorney, so to speak? 
Yes, in sorts. So, you know, if we're looking at a PI attorney, like the example you just gave, a PI attorney in uh, Tennessee is probably uh, going to be a little bit different than a PI attorney in Los Angeles, right? Mm -hmm. They're just different markets. People are a little bit different there. So we definitely learn, you know, take what we've learned from others and use that forward. But um, to answer your question directly, there's different campaigns based on who our target market is. And so when I'm working with a client, I'm, I'm using my, my framework, the BMG method, which stands for brand market grow. And if you're listening right now, I would encourage you to grab a pen and paper and write that down, brand market grow. And the reason that we do that is, uh, Jim, are you like me? Before you invite friends and family over, you clean up and make sure things smell nice and make sure things look well, nice. Well, I can't right? take credit for that, but that does happen. <laughs> <laughs> Someone is doing that, right? Somebody we'll give, does it. We'll give things to your wife on that one. Yeah. But we always do that. And we don't often do that in business. We just want to say, I need clients. Let's go straight to marketing. Okay but we're missing a crucial step. And so what the, the framework that all of our clients go through is the BMG method, brand market grow. So before we market, we wanna figure out your brand, which is who are you, who are the people that you're targeting? And if you say, I target everyone who's been injured or I target all business owners, no, that's not a target. That's a, a direction, that's an idea, but mm. we need to be a bit more specific. And so that's what I'm working with clients on uh, during the branding phase of us working together. And so we're, we're detailing all of that out so that when we move to marketing, now we know what we're saying, who we're saying it to, what's the best place to say that. And it's just a much more smooth process. Suppose somebody listening isn't ready to work with a, a firm like yours or anybody's, but so they're trying to figure that out. Can you share just maybe a couple of the steps? Like, how do you, how do you get them? I, I think it's fair to say a lot of people do move in a direction. I want to move in a direction to getting more customers, clients, patients, whatever. So what are some of the initial things you do to, to kind of figure that out, the target? Yeah, I would, if I was doing it myself, I, I would have to be pretty critical, right? Mm -hmm. But maybe... Probably if you're a business owner, you know, the things in your business that aren't working well. And so I would look at yourself objectively. How are you showing up online? If I go to your website, does it look like a dumpster fire or does it look like somewhere I would want to engage with? If I go to your socials, does it look like a hot mess with crickets or does it look like someone who can educate me, entertain me and and someone who I want, would want to hire or spend time with, right? There's some things that we can do from the outside if we're doing like a brand audit. And we want to look at how are we showing up different places. So on social, on our website, if we Google our name, what, what's coming up? And then we want to start looking at how can we take all of those different platforms that exist today and show up the same across all of them. So if you look me up across all platforms, you'll notice that I focus in on law firm marketing or professional branding or increasing an expert's credibility. Those are my topics and those are what I talk about because that's what mm. I know. And so if I was to look up a dentist or if I was to look up a, um, a fitness trainer or if I was to look up a law firm and the messaging is inconsistent or there's two different logos being used from the Facebook 
to the Instagram, to the website. Maybe there's a grainy photo and or it's a grainy logo on the website or or the the proportions are all off and I gotta scroll 15 feet like you know Santa's nice or naughty list just to get to your contact information. All of these things you can self-diagnose, but you need to take off the current lenses that you're looking at things through, which often tell you everything's fine or it's okay. And that's really where I come in because I'm not, I'm interested in being your friend, <laughs> but I'm more interested in being your coach and telling you the details that you need to know so that you can get the results that you want to achieve. Now, if that's in a coaching relationship or if you become an agency client, both of those are well, they look a little bit different, but th these are some of the key things that we're taking people through or really that you know, your listeners and watchers can do on their own. They don't even need you or I to be involved. That's a good point. You know, when I think of traditional marketing versus say things that are in digital, whether it's social media or videos, things like that, traditional marketing, I mean, one, you know, law firms, right? Maybe CPAs, accountants. There's some, some folks that seem to fit under that umbrella, so to speak. So what's the balance of digital versus traditional market? How does traditional marketing, how does that come into play? Great question. And most people think of like, well, what is traditional marketing? Is it just, you know, a, a billboard ad or like a radio ad? Is it terrestrial advertising? What is that? So digital is everything that happens online. We're pretty familiar with that, right? It's your email marketing. It's your Facebook ads, your Google ads, your YouTube ads, your TikTok ads. All of that is your digital. And then when we look at traditional we're thinking about, okay, what are you doing to network? And I never recommend that you just have a, a network-driven uh, strategy to grow your business because then you're relying on other people's goodwill to put butter and bread on your table. Never a, a solid single uh, channel strategy. That, that's never great. But we want to incorporate a referral strategy into your larger marketing plan. And so when we're looking at traditional advertising, it's those things that are not really digital first. It's more, how are you connecting with your peers? How are you connecting with your uh, warm audience of people who maybe didn't buy from you? How are you uh, appearing as an expert in the groups and the communities and, and really getting out there, right? How are your referral partners knowing of you? And really what we focus on within the traditional marketing is, okay, you went to a networking event, but I want to know, were the people in that room ideal potential clients for you? If not, why are you there? I just had this conversation a few days ago. And uh, the, the reason that someone gave for why they went there was nothing related to business, right? They, they were having a good time with friends. They made good drinks at that, at that bar. Nice. That's 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 wonderful. That's yeah. not a business. That's not a biz dev activity. So it takes a, us being a little bit frank with ourselves and uh, you know adjusting the lens that we look at our activities through. That might be the coach coming out and not the friend, right? That you spoke to earlier. Um, you know, one of the things that that I think all business owners have to realize is that new new. What again? I'll, I'll use a customer client patient interactively. In, in, but when, when you think of new client acquisition, it has to be something that's repeatable and, and hopefully predictable. Mm -hmm. It's not something you turn off when you know things are great and turn on when, when things suck. It has to be an ongoing process. 
how does do law firms kind of get that or is that something you, you need to work on usually with them it depends each business is usually run by the personality of the owner or the partner mm -hmm. or the doctor right and so that personality really sets the culture it sets the culture of you know is all marketing bad and a waste of money or is there some truth to everyone else doing marketing and it working right so that leadership personality that sets the culture uh, is is something that we we work with but ultimately these firms and and again whether it's a, a law firm or a doctor's practice we want to make sure that the systems that we're putting in place are repeatable predictable and scalable so what does that really break down okay well if you're running a lot of facebook ads or google ads or any type of leads and you're getting them and you're paying ad money for it is that scalable yeah i can put more money in and get more leads out right and then we've got some some programming and uh and our audience is dialed in great is it repeatable yes i can throw uh uh the, this ten dollars in this morning and get out x and i can throw ten dollars in at night and get the same x out right so we want to make sure that it has those three qualities repeatable scalable and predictable because without those we don't have a system we have an idea or a hope or a one-off thing that we did and so when i'm looking at solidifying the the new client acquisition or the new patient flow for a client of mine I'm looking at those three things and how do I craft a campaign that has those three qualities so that we know, okay, we want to grow by 200% this year. We want to grow by, uh, you know, whatever that X multiplier is. Now we can just do the backwards math. Once we know our numbers and our metrics, it's really easy to do that backwards math. Well, let's talk about uh, content marketing because that's, Again, it might be a slight, you know, 3,000 foot term, so to speak. Um, how important is that for law firms to have a, you know, a strategic and robust content marketing program? Yeah, I would say if you are a law firm, you should be publishing content because your potential client is going to want to build a relationship with you often before they call the firm and definitely before they uh, show up or book a consultation. So if I'm just getting to know, you know, I, I'm on Google, I'm searching, or I, I'm looking for a specific type of, of lawyer or a specific type of doctor, when I'm looking, I'm judging them based on so many factors, right? I land on their website. Do they have good photos? Does it look good? Uh, what is the messaging? I'm going to go over to their blog. Okay, what's on their blog, right? Like, are they, are they talking about the things that I've been thinking about in my head? And if that is true, conversions go up, show up rates go up, show up on time rates go up. And so that that's really why I'm such a big proponent for law firms and really experts to be in the habit of publishing content, whether that's, you know, uh, very laborious articles um, that are published by uh, big journals, or if it's your simple, uh, simpler blog post, LinkedIn article, that, that type of thing. So we, we want to be capturing those and starting to create that relationship before we're really in contact with that, that patient or client. 
Do many of your clients um, either do or do you recommend things like podcasts and videos? Are we talking about blogs and article writing? Like, I mean, to me, those are more traditional. Podcasts have been around a long time, but yet it still seems kind of new. What do you think about podcasts and videos? Yeah. Well, we are in 2023, Jim. And so video is where it's at. <laughs> yes. Video and audio, you know? And so the podcast kind of checks our box for the audio and and something like this. Uh, actually, quite often, a, a podcast will check the video box too, right? Mm-hmm. And so we want to build that relationship with our potential clients. So as much as you can do about getting your name in in the in the press, but really on video, on audio, in written method, we want to meet our potential clients where they're at. And so if I like to watch video and you like to read, you know what? I'm going to watch a video. You're going to read a blog. Right. So it it really is something that we want to attack (laughs) on all different mediums. And we have a system within the agency where we produce written long form content once on a given topic. And we use that for a blog. We use that for a video script. We use that for uh, very quick social posts, right? The, the typical expiration date of a social post is 24 hours. When we're looking at a blog, it's usually many months. And so we, we want to leverage all the different things that we can. There's gears and and throttles that we have. And so we want it all. Now, the way that we go about doing that is different based on the individual expert's personality. Maybe they're all about writing. Maybe they're all about video. So we usually start with uh, what they're comfortable with first and then start to see that branch out. And the reason why is because if they're comfortable doing it, they're one, going to do it more often, and two, it's just going to be better. Hmm. Interesting. So we have about five minutes left. And, you know, everybody that's in their own unique niche thinks there's thousands of competitors. And it's probably true. But I think of law firms. I I don't know. We were just in Florida for a month, but I'm sure it's most places. There are thousands and thousands (laughs) of lawyers and law firms. So how does how does one go about positioning themselves in, you know, in a very, very competitive market? Such a great question. And Florida is a perfect example about the amount of attorneys that are are interested in getting your business. Usually they're for PI, right? They're they're personal injury attorneys. We see the billboard, we see the the side of a bus being completely wrapped in in a face or a phone number or something like that. Mm -hmm. And so to your question of, you know, competitors, how do we handle those? How do we be different and unique? So I'm here to tell you that you are already unique. Each of us are already unique. The the idea that we are here alive at this time on this planet, do you know the statistic for that? It's one to 400 trillion. Oh, goodness. That we were here, right? Our our lineage was here. Our, Our parents are here. There was no war. There was no asteroid to take us out. So we're already special. So that's a gift each of us have innately. So my job is really pulling that out and pulling that out in a way that is the most juicy, the most marketable feature or or message that we can take from you. And so your question of how do I compete with the guy who's on a bus, right? Maybe you have more compassion. 
Maybe you have more empathy than the guy on the bus. Maybe mm -hmm. your assistant calls them and when you say, yeah, I was injured, they actually say, oh, I'm so sorry to hear that. So it's all about the emotions and the relationship that we're building in the sense of that's, that's our most closest um, um, asset, right? It is the client and that connection that we have. But in terms of how do we stay above the competition, we get to have credibility in the media. That is the number one way that I have seen mm. clients be able to leverage themselves up. You can get the, the super lawyer award. You can get the this award. You can be part of that association. That's all well and good, but your competitors can do that too. And if you're looking at hiring two different professionals, whether it's two dentists, two periodontists, two fitness trainers, two lawyers, whatever it is, people are going to compare you with your competitors. So how do you get that notch up? Well, you up level by hiring someone or doing it yourself and getting yourself in the media. Because if I can put different logos and I can say I was featured in Forbes, ABC, Bloomberg, and Fox, I am now the undisputable authority and expert in blank or X, Y, or Z. Very cool. Leonard, I'm sure we could we could continue this for another half hour, but the clock dictates all. I'm sure people want to uh, learn from you and, and connect with you. So what's your uh, 411 information? Awesome. People are welcome to visit our agency website. That is gogeekhouse.com. So go, G-O, geek, G-E-E-K, and then house, we spell a little bit differently. We spell it H-A-U-S. So go geekhouse.com, go geekhaus.com, or you're welcome to connect with me on LinkedIn. I love connecting with new people. You can find me on there by searching my name, Leonard Shiner. Awesome. Leonard, thank you so much. I really appreciate your being my guest today on Dream Business Radio. Thanks for the invite, Jim. It was a pleasure. Hey, folks, that wraps up this very special interview with Leonard Shiner from Go Geek House, G-O-G-E-K-G-E-E-K-H-A-U-S.com, correct? Correct. GoGeekHouse.com. I wrote that down to make sure I would get it right. All right. Hey, if you want to connect with me somewhere other than here in my office, you can connect with me at GetJimPalmer.com, GetJimPalmer.com. And if you're interested in, again, joining me in about right now, 26 other very smart entrepreneurs in the Dream Business Mastermind, that's DreamBizCoaching.com. Remember, you can get all six of these Dream Business Building books for free in their digital format. Amazon, obviously, Kindle, Barnes & Noble, Nookbook, and they're also in the iBook store. That is part of my legacy building program. And also, make sure you go to Work3DaysAWeek.com. You get a free copy of my latest ebook, Charge What You're Worth. It's truly the linchpin and being able to work less than you are now. And for me, I work three days a week. I've been doing it for seven years and I tell you how in that book. Anyway, until this time next week, another fantastic interview. I am Captain Jim Palmer, the Dream Business Coach, and you take good care. Now it's time to go implement what you've learned. Great ideas are nice, but results only happen through action and implementation. So stay focused. Kick all distractions to the curb. Sleep a little less if you have to. And create your dream business now so you too can live your dream lifestyle. To learn about building your dream business, join Jim's free Dream Business Facebook community at dreambizgroup.com. That's dreambizgroup.com. <laughs> See you next week for more Dream Business Radio.